Welcome to Grace and 30 on WERALP, Arlington 96.7 FM. This is Ed Mellick, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sal Dietry. Sal, how are you tonight? Ed, my man, I'm doing great. Look, tonight we're bringing guests back to Haiti, and, and it's important to do that now more than ever because Haiti needs us now more than ever. Most of us have seen the pictures and hopefully still remember the other devastation of Hurricane Matthew brought to Haiti just in October of 2016. And and I say that because when I looked at the news today, I I could not find one update article on Haitian relief. It, It is as if the noise of Facebook, Twitter, the nonsense of our daily lives have not allowed us to focus on something as critical as helping these people in desperate need. Tonight, we're going to come back to this. We're going to talk mission. We're going to talk service, faith with with our good friend, Larry Thompson, and a guest, his daughter, Avery Thompson, joining us. If you know, you live here in Arlington, uh, recall that Larry is a a 30-year veteran of Arlington's uh, bravest, Arlington's fire department. He's been traveling to Haiti uh, several times a year since 2012, when uh, amazingly he felt compelled uh, through his faith, through what he was seeing on the ground in Haiti, to take on uh, really funding, clothing, feeding, helping a 240-person school on a forgotten island off the coast of Haiti. And Ed, 240 kids is bigger than some private schools right here in wealthy Arlington County. Imagine taking that mission on. Today he joins us with Avery to talk, uh, update us on post-hurricane conditions in Haiti. How's it going? How are his kids doing? Uh, I I am excited for tonight's show for sure. Larry, my brother, uh, Avery, welcome to Grace in 30. Thank you. It's good to be here, Ed. And Sal, it's always a joy to be here on the show with you guys. You become good friends, and uh, it's just a pleasure to be here with you tonight. Thank you. So, your most recent trip to Haiti, uh, tell us, tell our listeners, what are the conditions there uh, on the ground at Haveri and and at your school? Well, during the hurricane, I was with, uh, in communication with my friend there in the village of Port de Bonheur, and I'll be honest with you, I was uh, I felt helpless. I could hear the wind blowing in the background. I could hear debris flying around and uh, him speaking very loudly so I can even hear him. but it was uh, I, I was I, I was fearful for them, the school, all the children because you know when hurricane comes, it was category five and they had no place to go. I mean they had to go to their thatch huts and just hunker down and at one point uh, my friend cowboy who I was talking to said uh, I'm holding on to my roof uh, so it, I, w- I was definitely scared for him and then after seeing the devastation it was good to hear their voice that, that they were okay that, that's incredible just for for listeners to think about you know as you said going to huts in 145 mile an hour winds an island that doesn't have a lot of barriers and this thing is just slamming you you know really all you have is is your faith in god at that point and and maybe a, a little piece of sheet metal above your head um you know one of your your friends i don't know if it was cowboy one of the folks said you know anything that wasn't concrete was was really flattened there tell us about when, when you got there what you saw when you got off the boat in Porto Bayon. well I had made arrangements to buy a lot of building materials to take over on the boat with us when when we went over on the island. So um, um, when we got there, I was really surprised to see that a lot of the buildings were still standing. 
and there were some there, there you know there were buildings that had a lot of sheet metal damage and some houses that got blown completely over uh, but you know the school stayed intact. The roof we had just put on two years ago was was intact. But I tell you, I don't know if, how the storm went around it, but it did. And I just uh, give all the credit to to God for that because we were praying very hard. Just to be clear, you're talking about uh, the Forgotten Island, Laganov, off the coast of Port-au-Prince. So conditions were, there were better than they were in Port-au-Prince and the rest of Haiti, correct? No, Port-au-Prince uh, made out pretty well. It, it was just the western peninsula and, and uh, down next to Lakais and Jeremy. That area down there was which really got slammed hard. And, uh, you know, port of is only like, 50 miles away, you know, so they, they were getting it, but... Um, they were on the down. They were next to the ocean. There was a mountain behind them, so I think that that, that helped it quite a bit too. There was definitely water damage as well. But uh, one thing about the Haitian people, when the storm stopped, they got to work because nobody else is coming to help them. They're, they get right to work, removing trees, opening the roads, rebuilding their houses. So um, you know, there's no insurance. There's no there's no government coming to help them. They know if they don't get it done, it doesn't get done. So they're they're very good about that. Yeah, and what an inspirational thing, because often in our own lives, we can feel this sort of sense of helplessness, right? Something happens to us, it, it, it happens to a neighbor, someone we know, and, you know, you feel that, right? That sense of helplessness, a lot of times people will start praying, and, and the idea that, you know, that storm will pass in some way and you've got to pick up and go on. Yeah. And, and these people do it all the time because mm-hmm. whether it's a hurricane, it's a drought, it's the well goes dry, you know, they've got their faith and, and just their belief that they've, you know, that the next day will come and, and they've got to have that sort of inspiration just to survive, right? I mean, yeah. You know, two, we got there two weeks after the storm and we, like I said, we took some metal and, and, and some supplies over with us, but in two weeks, they had already fixed a lot of their problems, and um, you know, what, with what we left behind, they they you know I expect every everybody to have a roof back on their house when we when we go back there because all you gotta do is give them the material. The the ladies, you know, elderly ladies, you know, they'll they'll, they'll put it back on themselves. You know, they they don't need any help. Yeah, and and what was it like when they saw you there? I mean, were they surprised that you got down there so quickly? I mean, uh, you've been going there for years, right? Yeah. I mean, well, they knew I was coming. You know, they they know in advance that I'm going to be there. So, um, you know, it's always a, a very pleasurable to see them, and they're happy to see us. They meet us on the dock when we come in on the boat. They see off in a distance, so they start to gather. We have Avery with us, and I want to hear a little bit from her. I understand you've been down there four or five times with your dad. Yep, that's correct. Can you tell us what, how old you were the first time you went down there? What you know your impressions were? Um, you know, were you concerned about going down, or had he had put your heart at ease already? And what are your impressions? What would you like to share with people? I think again, you went down when you were thirteen. You've been down a few times. Just give us a little background, and then just give us your sort of read and flavor on, on what it's like down there and being there. Yeah, you've sort of seen some of these kids grow up with you. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fascinating. Well, when I first went down, I was only 13 years old, so I hadn't really experienced the world as much as my dad has, of course, and he's a firefighter, so he's seen the terribleness and the harshness of the world, and so he tried to prepare me the best that he could, but, you know, some places like this, it's just, there's not much that you can prepare for. You just kind of have to go and learn as you're there, but 
when I first got there, the plane was flying in, and my first thought was we got closer, and I was like, don't really see any houses. You know, it's kind of, there's not really many houses. So I looked down, and as we got closer, I realized these are just tarps on wooden sticks and just pieces of random metal, and they're not houses like I have where I live. And it was just a total shock for me to see this is the poorest I've ever seen. I've never seen people live like this in such poverty. And it was really hard for me. And just going down multiple times, I just, I made friends with all the village kids and I got to see them grow up and, you know, move on to different grades in school. And it's just, even though there's a language barrier, I was still able to make such a connection with them. And I playing games with them and just being around them, I feel a connection with them and I feel like that's just God working because, you know, how can you make a connection with somebody you can't even communicate with because you speak different languages, but just being able to see those kids and it just breaks your heart because, you know, when you go back home, when I go to school, kids are throwing away the extra food they have on their tray and there they eat every single thing and I just learned to not take things for granted and being so young and just growing up going there, it just meant a lot to me and I will, I owe my dad the world for taking me and it really is just God's work. Yeah, you know, the spirit of kids there, tell, tell us a little bit about that, Avery, because, you know, I get the sense that there's, a, you know, a, not only a resiliency, but a joyfulness in their daily lives and, and you know, we think of that, hard to believe that, you know, they don't have a... Uh, a new car, a new house, uh, you know, tennis lessons, whatever, you know, the, the, the sort of noise that m- kind of makes us happy, but only really makes us want more things. But how would you describe them down there in terms of faithful, joyful, resilient, uh, anything that comes to mind? Well, the kids there, they just, they glow with joy, you know, just the simplest things, just being able to eat a hot lunch and being able to just play with each other and it's just such a beautiful thing because here, you know, we I believe that the material possessions that we have, such as phones and everything else, they're just a barricade between us and God. And to see these kids without any material possessions, not even food, barely, just so happy and so thankful to God. And it just makes you think because here we don't even thank God for just the simple things we have. And they are so grateful. Well. Preach. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. yeah hey, I'm, I'm really impressed. We're nice just going to turn huh? the show over to you. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, Larry, tell us about, a bit about what's going on with the least of these uh, foundation and, and uh, what you guys are up to. You said you were down there for the hurricane relief, but um, tell us a bit more about what, what your foundation's doing these days and, and what you're up to. Well, you know, we're continuing to, to feed those kids a hot lunch every day, which is the highlight of their day. It's the only meal most of those kids ever get. Um, the teachers are really doing well. They're happy to, to be able to get a salary in every month. And um, those two things, those kids eating every single day and the teachers getting a salary every month is not normal in Haiti. Um, those kids, you know... We never think about it, but when those kids do get a meal, they don't know when they're going to get their next meal. And I can't imagine living like that, but because we're there, them kids can count on that lunch every single day. And so we're going to continue with that because um, 
it, 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 that's the main reason we're there. And they're getting an education. And we started an English class, which is new this year. So the kids are beginning to uh, speak English. We hired a teacher. So when I go back down in June, they want me to come down. Avery's going with me and my wife and my brother and my niece. And we're going down to witness the graduation, which they make a big deal out of down there for all the classes. So we get want to get to see that, and um, we're gonna see how they see how much English they speak. That, that's you know it always amazes me about your your can do attitude because so many times we all struggle, and I think the the thing I always come back to you is how you found this mission to serve this school, and how each and every one of us need to find our mission in life because. It's so easy when you don't do that to let a hurdle stop you because it's not mm-hmm. your, it's, your, it's really not your passion, right? At work, at, at whatever, and you say, oh, I'm not going to do that because of this. I'm not going to do that. And you've just pushed forward with this, with this passion to hire school teachers and build this. And, and none of this is in your background. What just inspires me about it is, is you've, you just have taken this on through your faith and made this work without letting the I can't do's kind of get in the way i you know that's what's amazing about the the least of these uh, foundation and and the fact that you're not sponsored by some big uh church organization or something uh, you know that you've been able to build this grassroots tell us a little bit about how this has sort of come about from a grassroots perspective here in arlington county i mean it's, it's it's a lot of it's been word of mouth but just you know hard work and trying to to bring people to the cause i guess when I started this, um, as, as I talked about on the first show, is it's, you know, I went down to Haiti and we was doing building projects and, and, I, and I look around and every time we'd be down there building, mixing them seem that the kids were hungry. Right. And the kids wasn't in school. Only half the kids were in school and they were going to close the school down because the teachers hadn't been paid in, in, in two years, but they kept on teaching and, and I, did, I told my wife, we got, we're focusing on the wrong thing. I think, we, we need to be these kids are dying out here and we're building buildings it just didn't make sense to me and so i wanted to start the foundation where people could give and 100 percent goes to haiti you know we, i pay all the fees i want people to know that if you're gonna if you're gonna be generous enough with your hard-earned money that it's going to count so um we're adamant about that and we stay focused on feeding the kids and the education. And that's the things we stay focused on. And by keeping it narrow like that and working in one village, we can do it right. Now, we want to do more, but we're not going to overstep our bounds. You know, we can only do so much with the finances we have and the abilities that we have. So, you know, that's what we're going to stay focused on. And as far as getting started, you know, I started all this because God called me to go to Haiti uh, many years ago. And one thing, you know, uh, Pastor Lon Solomon said was, when you stand before your Lord and Savior, will you have anything to say? And I, I want something to say, you know. So that that's why I'm there. Believe me, it's it's a struggle sometimes. But the main thing is is that I'm I'm, I'm in the center of God's will. And that's where we want to stay. That's a perfect segue into our next question because you're there. You're not cutting a check and giving it to somebody. You're you're there and you're building relationships and you've got key people that you know there. 
uh, like the school principal and uh, this gentleman you mentioned before, Cowboy, who yeah. is a captain of a ship and takes you from Port uh, from uh, Port-au-Prince to the island and back. Three-hour boat ride. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. Natalie keeps saying if it wasn't for that three-hour boat ride, she'd have me in the boat to Haiti uh, next time. But, but, but you know... <laughs> The importance of relationships is is extremely important. I, I so I, I do want to talk about it, but I want to ask one other question. I want to ask it of Avery, which is: Was there any apprehension going down there? Because it's so easy for us, even if me as a parent, I want to go on a trip, and I think about my 13-year-old daughter in Haiti. I can. It's easy to say, I'm not going to take her down there. I'm going to go. Did you have any apprehension about going down there? And and tell us how your opinions changed once you had been down there once or twice. Uh, well, of course, never being out of the country before, it was a huge deal for me. And um, But I just knew everything that my dad does, he does for me. And I knew that he was going to take care of me regardless of what the situation was like down there. But of course, I thought it was going to be, you know, impoverished and really hard to see. But when you get there, it is so much more than that. And um, But I was not worried at all. I knew my dad was going to take care of me. And also, I'm you know, they're on a mission trip. I'm doing the work of God, so God's going to take care of me, and whatever He wants done is going to get done. Yeah, let's remind guests as we take a quick break here that you're listening to Larry Thompson, a retired Arlington fireman and the founder of the Least of These Foundation. Uh, you can visit their website at leastofthesehaiti.com or visit them at Least of These on Twitter. We're here joined by his daughter, Avery, and they're sharing their experiences of how Larry felt called to start a foundation in Haiti that now feeds and educates 240 children on the Forgotten Island in Haiti. So, Larry, tell us about Miss Louise Mann. We want to hear about that because she's absolutely critical to what you're doing. I'd now. love to meet her someday. Yes, Miss Louise Mann. Um, first time I met her, she's the principal of the school in Port of Bonaire, and first time I met her. I'd found out that they hadn't been paid for two years, but the teachers kept on teaching. And so when I asked her, how much are the salaries for the entire school, for all the teachers? And she gave me, it's like $850 a month. And when I'd asked other principals at other schools, two other schools, the same question, they inflated it, you know, 10 times. And Miss Louiseman was the only one who was honest. And I said, there's a start. So one thing led to the other, and we ended up going there. And Miss Louiseman, I've never found any fault in anything that I've asked her to do. It's done. And uh, the funny thing about it is I've always had ever, ever somebody else, there's an in-between person all the time, and she would always have me deal with the the, the carpenter directly or the mason directly when there was prayers to be done so uh because there's just there's some skimming going on down there miss louisman said no here you talk to him yep. and so she's always been and she makes sure things get done you know those kids are getting fed those teachers are all getting their salary and we got things in place to make sure that that happens um and they you know we get signed receipts from the teachers and stuff so we know that the money's going exactly where it's supposed to be going yeah that's really important if somebody listening wants to get involved and support your cause. I mean, you you're on the ground a lot. You have people you have deep relationships with and that you trust. And you know, if people cut a check or they do whatever, they get involved. It, it's going to have a real impact. It's, things are going to be spent in a way that's that's honorable. Yeah, and I can tell you, you know, Natalie and I have sponsored one of uh, one of the kids at the school, Alex Bro, and um, 
my children love to hear about Alex. You know, if I want to, if they're running around, no one's listening. It's eight thirty at night, and mom is screaming, "Go to bed!" If I mention, you know, hey, we might get a picture of Alex from uh, from Mister Larry, I get a lot of attention. What's going on with Alex? Can we send him some clothes? How is he doing? Uh, I mean, this is a lesson uh, for all of us, for our children here in Arlington County, where we have so, so much, um, you know, and and I'm just amazed, Larry, that you can keep up with, you know, the responses that we get uh, from you are incredible. The pictures, the updates Mm -hmm. uh, are just amazing. So, yeah, Ed, this is just an incredible mission. And and there's a lot of ways that people can help, um, you know, certainly sponsoring a child is the first step. But, you know, there's a lot of ways I think, you know, we here in Arlington could creatively help uh, build up this uh, this what I would call startup for good. Yeah. Yep. Well, let's jump ahead then. Let's talk about the call to action or several calls to action. Um, you know, Larry, what would you like to invite listeners to do? Whether it's getting involved or whether it's just how they view the Haitians and and the, and the country, what would you like to challenge people to do? Well, you can go to uh, our website, www.leastofthesehaiti.com. You can read all about what we're doing there. You can um, you can sponsor a kid. You can feed a kid. Um, there, we got some other ways to give. Uh, for um, the, the school is not big enough. Um, we're having some classrooms in the church because uh, the school is not big enough for 240, 50 kids. So um, we'd like to um, you know put a couple classrooms, add some classrooms onto the school. Um, so you know, we we would. The biggest thing right now is is this, the school only goes from kindergarten to sixth grade, and when you turn when you go into the seventh grade, you have to leave that island. Going into the seventh grade, you have to go to the mainland to school, and I don't know how old you are. Some of these kids are twelve, maybe mm-hmm. fourteen, and they're leaving our house to, in order to go to the seventh grade. And we would like to, you know, we'd like to be able to have the seventh, eighth, ninth grade, and hire those teachers and keep those kids right there in that village. Yeah, you mentioned some of the, like some of the young uh, girls leave the village and they go off somewhere else, and then they come back and they're pregnant or something else happens. That's, you know, if they were if they were near closer to home, these things wouldn't happen. So it sounds like that's one of your motivations, correct? Yes, uh, I want to keep them there in that village. The parents want their kids to stay in that village, and 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 because they have to leave that village, leave that island to go to the mainland, a lot of them just don't go. So they get a sixth grade education, and that's it. What if someone wanted to join you? Just just come on down for the next trip. Are you? You're are, welcome. Are there spaces. Everybody's welcome to go. Um, we go down. We're going down in June, September, and November, and um, yeah, everybody's welcome. I mean. You, if you sponsor a kid, uh, you know you're going to get you're going to get pictures from me. You know, I know Sal has gotten pictures from me, many pictures from Love it. from from uh, from Alex if he's playing or or whatever. But um, man, it wouldn't it be great to see the kid and then that kid see you and say you're the one that's feeding me every day. Um, that'd be awesome. Uh, I'd love for people to go with me. Sal, get your ticket. Yeah, we did get that three-hour boat ride. I think I think we'll I think we're going to get around to it for yeah. sure. Yeah, and, and what a great thing for people in Arlington to really get hands-on in, in an area that again, this is an area where you're not seeing, uh, you know, the typical uh, push like you see in places like Bonica, right, and, and other places that in the Dominican that people have been going there for decades. It's it's well established. We're, this is really trying to do something hands-on. Um, not new, but in an area that that really has not seen a lot of aid 
because it's the forgotten island, right? Because yes. we're really trying to reach yeah. out to a population in need. Right. And it would be incredible for Arlington County to adopt uh, this island, and particularly let's start with this school. I, I think it's a tremendous opportunity. I think it's something that can get done here in Arlington County. Um, and I know I certainly look forward to helping Larry and his mm-hmm. organization this year try and try and push that idea. So, Avery, what about you? Would you like to issue a, a call to action or a challenge for listeners or just simply share something with them that you think it's important for them to know? Um, I think my biggest thing is that, you know, when I first went, I was 13 years old. Now I'm 17. And kids my age can certainly still do things. Even if you're young, it doesn't have to just be adults. You can definitely raise money through doing certain things and there's totally a lot of things that you can do even if you're young it's not just for older people and and again no no real concerns going down there it sounds like you just went down you fell in love with the kids and and it it wasn't even a second thought you were able to move about freely and just enjoy yourself and and serve yes absolutely yeah when when we're in the village people are just walking with us and waving i mean it's you're safe you know you're very safe there um, you know, one, one other thing I'd like to say is, is um, you know, you see you can see pictures of Jonica on our website, and Jonica was one of the first girls that I thought was going to die before we got back down there and gave her food. She was had all the signs of malnutrition. She's extremely skinny, lost her pigmentation in her skin and her hair. Her hair started turning orange. Uh, she was really bad. And, and I tell people that... Um, if Jonica knocked on your door, right here in Arlington, knocked on your door, and you opened the door and you seen that little girl in the condition that she was in, and she said, can you feed me? I don't know if there's one person out here that wouldn't give her something to eat. And I'm her advocate. She can't get to your door in Arlington to knock, to ask for food, and that's where I come in. I'm here to ask on behalf of the children like Jonica that otherwise would be malnourished and possibly die from result of malnourishment. Um, I'm their advocate. I'm here to ask to help us, to help them. And remember, 100% of what you give goes back over there. Yeah, and I want to mention again to listeners, we're joined tonight by Larry Thompson, a 30-year veteran of the Arlington Fire Department and the founder of the Least of These Foundation, really a startup for good that has taken on the responsibility of feeding, clothing, providing funds for a 240 children's school on a forgotten island off the coast of Haiti. You can visit his website at leastofthesehaiti.com, again, leastofthesehaiti.com, or you can follow him on Twitter uh, at leastofthese. Uh, You can certainly find this episode at our uh, graceand30.com website as well. So we're running low on time. We probably got a minute, minute and a half. Um, I understand, Larry, you just retired after 29 years. That's correct. With, with the Arlington County Fire That's Department. Great. And you actually have, were serving as a fireman for 37 years. Is that correct? That's correct, yeah. Wow. So what are you going to do? What's next? Uh, I, I certainly, you mentioned to me that you're, 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 you want to commit to continually support this organization. What are you going to do over the next weeks and months and years? And before we get to that, let me, Ed and I both thank you on behalf yes. of all the people here in Arlington. You know my father was a volunteer yes. fireman for yes. 30 years. is worth my uncle yeah. and grandfather. So thank you for your service. Thank you for uh, long nights. Uh, thank you for um, putting yourself at risk, um, putting out fires in, in storms and in all kinds of situations. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. So only got about 30 seconds. Yeah. All right. 
Uh, well, I'm going to be going down to Haiti quite a bit and uh, dedicate more time to to Haiti and and um, work on the mission. And then, other than that, I'm just going to be uh, retired. You know, Ed, I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, we've got a, a little bit more than 30 seconds. Can you close us out with a quick prayer for uh, kids in Haiti and for Larry tonight? Absolutely. Um, Almighty God, I just just thank you for people like Larry and his daughter and calling them and sending them out. And I just pray that you raise up many, many more people and send them. The, as the Scripture says, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So. We just ask you to, to raise up more and more people and team them together and let there just be sort of a cycle of righteousness where you just send people out and, and they're touched by your love and then more and more people come to know you. So we just pray all this in, in Jesus' name and we thank you for everything you've done for us. Amen. Amen. And amen. Yes. Ed, uh, talk us out of here, man. So thank you all for, for joining us. Next week we've got uh, Tim Sample and Father Clement from 72 Africa joining us to talk about peacemaking in Africa and its relevance to what's happening here in the U.S. today. This is Ed and Sal uh, signing off from Grayson 30 on WERALP Arlington 96.7 FM. Everybody have a great night, and please be sure to tune in to Grace. Thanks.